up, what's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Powerhouse Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Caitlin Kenneth Smith, and today we are going to talk about the third pillar of your foundation in your sustainable fat loss journey, which is recovery. All right, so this is week three of your sustainable fat loss journey. If you haven't listened to week one or week two, go ahead and go back and do that because over the last two weeks and now going into the third week, we're talking about the three pillars that build your foundation in your sustainable fat loss journey. And I like to use the analogy of a house because so many people can relate to it. And if you're building a house and you don't have a fucking strong foundation or you have cracks in your foundation, then it doesn't matter what fancy shit you put into the house or how amazing the interior looks because if your foundation is cracked or it's weak, then eventually your house is going to crumble and you're not going to have a leg to stand on. And that's exactly what it looks like for your fat loss journey. So what I see all too often is that people move into the fancy shit before actually focusing on the three main pillars that make up your foundation. So for example, Somebody may look into, oh, what supplements can I use when I start my fat loss journey? Or what time should I do my cardio? Should I do it fasted in the morning? Should I do it after my workout? What should I do for my core work? When they don't even focus on, okay, what does your nutrition look like? What does your workout routine look like? And what does your recovery look like? Because those are going to be the three big pillars that impact your fat loss the most. So like I said, today we're going to get into the third pillar, which is recovery. And with recovery, we're going to get into a few different sections because recovery as a whole is kind of like a pillar, but then it kind of branches off into three different topics. And number one is going to be overall nutrition and hydration, focusing on quality of your nutrition because week one, we spoke about the basics of nutrition, calories, protein, fiber. But today we're going to get into why the quality of your nutrition actually plays a role in your results and your recovery, as well as hydration. Now, the second thing is sleep, which is probably the most underrated thing about a fat loss journey that people always put on the back burner, when in all reality, this one thing, sleep, could literally make or break your results. And then the third thing with recovery is stress management. And this is one that So many people don't comprehend because we live in a really stressful society and the majority of people are literally living in that fight or flight state and they never actually bring themselves down to earth enough for their body to actually earn results. Too much stress, your body won't adapt, and adaptation is how we earn results. So, Let's get into the first piece of this, and that's going to be your overall nutrition and hydration. And like I said, with this, focusing on quality fuel, because quality fuel is going to equal quality energy, okay? So overall nutrition and hydration. We already spoke about a lot with nutrition in week one, where we spoke about calories, we spoke about protein, and we spoke about fiber. However, today, I want to touch on and emphasize the quality of your nutrition. And I want to make this as easy to understand as possible. So you have to think of your body as an as a fucking Lamborghini. You know, if you put shit fuel into your vehicle, 
it's not going to run as efficiently as possible. And on the flip side, if you put high quality fuel into your vehicle, then you're going to get high quality output. That engine is going to roar and you're going to be able to go zero to 60 as fast as possible. Now, I'm not an expert when it comes to cars. That's my husband's job. It's not actually his job. He's just, he knows a lot about cars. But I know this for a fact. And the same thing goes for your body. So whole nutrient-dense foods that come from the earth are going to be the highest quality fuel for your body. And you really can't argue that. Now, that doesn't mean that everything else is off limits because it's not. You know, I spoke about this in episode one. It's not about restriction. It's about addition. So not saying that you can't have this or you can't have this. It's more saying, hey, let's add in more whole foods like animal proteins, fruits, vegetables, single ingredient foods that are going to help you feel the best, recover the best, and be the most satisfied so you eat less of the other foods, which doesn't mean that you can't have the other foods, but it's about managing them and not having them have control over you. So a lot of people like to talk about the 80-20 approach, which is kind of like 80% of the time you have whole nutrient-dense foods, and then 20% of the time you're having more processed foods. And what I find all too often is that people claim 80-20, 80-20, but in all reality, they're doing more like 60-40 or 50-50. So you really have to be honest with yourself because, again... It's not about restriction, right? In order to make this a lifestyle, you need to understand that, yes, you can enjoy the foods that you love in moderation. Moderation being the key. If you want to have an Oreo, cool, have a fucking Oreo. But understand that you need to manage that and also combine it with a lot of other whole nutrient-dense foods throughout your life. Because the average American diet consists of 70% processed food And that's one of the biggest reasons why we're in an obesity epidemic and why so many people are on medications, depression, anxiety medications, diabetes medications, hypertension medications. It's why so many people feel like shit throughout the day and deem that as normal because they're eating foods that are literally manufactured to cause you to overeat them and not feel fucking good. We should lean more heavily on the foods that we've had for hundreds and hundreds of years that have allowed us to thrive as a society instead of right now where, well, our health is declining. So simply switching to mostly, if not all, whole foods is going to dramatically improve your results and recovery, and it's going to make fat loss so much easier because you will be less hungry, which is super important. You know, I don't know how many times I've eaten fucking Oreos and felt satisfied Usually I eat an Oreo and I'm like, "Hmm, can I have the whole row? Because that didn't fill me up. I like to compare a bag of Lay's potato chips, which contains many potatoes. I think I looked it up once because I was having a conversation with Stone and it's like 16 potatoes in one bag of Lay's potato chips. And if I told you, hey, eat a bag of Lay's potato chips, most people would do it without even thinking twice about it because you just eat, 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 eat. And for some reason, you can't stop eating. It's why they say you can't just have one. Now, if I were to sit down and say, hey, eat fucking 16 baked potatoes, most of you wouldn't be able to do that. Most of you would barely be able to get through one because white potatoes alone are one of the most satiating foods on the planet. So that just kind of goes to show you how 
there's a huge difference between a processed food and how it actually makes you feel versus a whole nutrient dense food and how that allows you to feel from a satiation standpoint. Because fat loss becomes much easier when you're less hungry. So if you can be in a calorie deficit and be less hungry and feel just as good, you win. So that's just a piece on quality nutrition. I'll probably do an entire episode on it because there's so much that I can go into with that. But again, wanted to keep it super basic, super surface level, and super simple for you guys to understand because again, we're building that foundation. So the second piece of this is hydration. And with hydration, I'm not just talking about water. I'm talking about water and electrolytes because they go hand in hand. Now, first, I want to kind of break down what water actually does for our body because we've heard that water is important. We've all heard like 60% of our body is made up of water. Yeah, we know that, but for some reason, nobody fucking drinks enough water. Now, what does it actually do for our body? It does a couple of main things. It does a, a lot. Like our body uses water in every single one of our cells, organs, and tissues. So if we're properly hydrated, our cells, organs, and tissues are going to be able to actually work optimally. And when that happens, our body's going to work more optimally, which means we're going to actually be able to see results more optimally and feel better. But water helps aid in the breakdown and the digestion of food. And it does this in a couple different ways. So it helps produce saliva. And digestion actually begins in our mouth as we chew our food. Saliva contains some digestive enzymes to start breaking down that food. It also helps our stomach acid stay at the ideal acidity for optimal digestion. Plus, as we know, it does help our food go through our intestines a little bit more smoothly so that we don't get constipated, which is going to affect how you feel. Because if you have shit in your body too long, then that just that's not a good equation, okay? It actually also helps with building muscle, thus burning body fat, which we spoke about, right? I like to say a hydrated muscle is a happy muscle. And I say that because water helps to transport nutrients to your cells. And it does the same for your muscles. So it's actually been observed that muscle dehydration impacts muscle contractile capabilities. Meaning, without proper water, our body can't actually contract and relax our muscle as efficiently as possible. So say you're in the middle of a workout and you're not properly hydrated, so your body's not able to contract and relax the muscle properly, well, two things are going to happen. You're probably going to cramp, and that doesn't feel good. But also, you're not going to be able to stimulate as much nutrient and blood flow to that muscle, which is going to impact your results. So water is needed for every metabolic process in the body. Every metabolic process. Including muscle protein synthesis which is how our body builds and repairs muscle. So if we're not properly hydrated, then muscle protein synthesis cannot occur, which means that you're not going to be able to rebuild and repair your muscle, which means you're not going to build muscle, which means you're not going to be able to lose body fat as efficiently and sustainably as possible. So water helps with that recovery process. It also helps with nutrient transport and waste removal, and it plays a key role in tissue and joint protection and body temperature regulation. So water has a really, really important role in our body. Like I said, 60% of your body is made up of water. 
and we're constantly losing water, which is why proper hydration is so important for your health. And at the beginning of the hydration, I spoke about how it's not just water. It's water and electrolytes. Now with electrolytes, we talk about sodium, magnesium, and potassium. Because these three electrolytes have an impact on our nervous system and our muscular system function. An inadequate sodium intake specifically can actually cause a surprising number of health issues, but a lot of people actually confuse it for something else. So a lot of people can probably understand this. So when an endurance athlete starts cramping, like say somebody's running a marathon and they start cramping up or they get a little bit like lethargic and sluggish at the end of a race, people may often think that that person is dehydrated, like they didn't drink enough water. But more often the problem is that they've lost too much sodium and they have really low sodium levels. And then they give that person more water and actually make the problem worse. Or when a person has headaches, muscle cramps, brain fog, muscle weakness, when starting a keto diet, people call it the keto flu. And the typical advice that somebody would give somebody with those symptoms when they start keto is, give it time, it's going to pass, it's just your body adapting to low or no carbs, which sounds miserable by the way. When the truth is, when somebody drops their carbs drastically, It actually flushes water and sodium from the body, which can cause the symptoms of low sodium. I actually had a client experience this once, and we added in electrolytes in the form of an electrolyte powder, and she actually started salting her foods and instantly felt better. And I actually have a personal story with this one. So when I had my eating disorder... I was eating only whole natural foods. I wasn't eating any sort of processed foods and I was drinking a fuck ton of water. And I wasn't salting my food because that was back when all over social media you would see salt is the enemy. Use all of these no sodium and no salt seasonings. Don't salt your food. Salt is bad for you. And I remember I had a really bad run-in with an electrolyte imbalance and I almost blacked out on the subway. So it's not a good feeling. It's literally comparable to if you have low blood sugar, where like, say you did a really, really fucking tough workout and you feel like you're going to pass out and you're all shaky and confused. That can actually be low sodium. I have it happen a lot when I'm training in my garage and it's a tough session or a longer session. I know immediately it's like, okay, when I get inside, I need to have a little bit of salt, literally just palm it to my face because I'm a fucking savage, or... I have a little bit of electrolyte powder in my water. So I'm not saying that sodium or electrolytes is a one-size-fits-all cure. It's not, because everybody is different. But I'm saying that most people, especially active people, and especially people who are eating low-carb, paleo, carnivore, or they're just eating majority whole foods, need more sodium to feel and perform at their best. Now, a good place to start with your water is to aim for about a gallon a day, which is 128 ounces. Now, if you're nowhere close to that, don't freak out, okay? Figure out where you are at and increase it every few days. So if you're at 60 ounces of water on average, then aim for 80 ounces for a week. And then 100. Kind of stair-step it up if you feel that you need to. But, you know, just dive right in if you feel better. You know, because one thing that I've noticed is that when a lot of people start 75 hard... 
one of the critical tasks is to drink a gallon of water every day. And people feel immediately better within a couple of days, and it usually has to do with the fact that they were dehydrated. And now they're more hydrated, so they feel fucking good. Now, when it comes to electrolytes, I'll just tell you guys what I personally do. So I do one of two things every day. One, I will either do an LMNT packet, because that has 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. So it's really fucking solid. Or what I do more often than not, because I have a fuck ton of first form hydration sticks, they only have 200 milligrams of sodium. So what I do is I take a palm full, like about a dime size of iodized salt. I put that in 24 ounces of water and I throw in and I throw in a hydration stick from first form and I do that in the morning. So Whatever is going to work better for you. You can get LMNT packets on Amazon. I'll put the link down below. Or you can get the hydration packets from First Form. I'll put the link down below. Now the second thing. Okay, we spoke about overall nutrition and hydration. That was the first piece of the recovery pillar. The second thing we're going to talk about is sleep. And this is one of the things, like I said in the beginning, that most people miss out on. And my friend Dara and I actually did an entire podcast episode on what happens when you sleep, why sleep is so important, and what are her top tips to maximize sleep quality for your results. So I'll link that episode down below in the show notes, but I do want to touch on some main points here, and I really want to focus on what happens when you don't get good quality sleep, because I feel like more people go into that bucket They don't focus on their sleep and they think that, oh, I get good sleep because they just function throughout the day when in all reality, they could be feeling so much better through just emphasizing the quality of their sleep. So obviously, if you're not getting good quality sleep, you're going to deal with decreased energy levels, decreased willpower, and inability to focus. I mean, it's kind of like when you're hungry. You're not yourself when you're sleepy. And this is probably the most obvious one, like I said. But think about how many times you've overreacted or were a little bit short with somebody when you didn't get a good night of sleep. I know I have. (laughs) So decreased energy, willpower, and focus, that's going to impact your entire life. Another thing that a lot of people don't think about is how poor quality sleep impacts your hormones. And it does that in a few different ways. And these all are going to impact your results. So listen, all right? Your hunger hormones get all thrown off. Your ghrelin hormone, which promotes hunger, becomes elevated. So you're going to be more hungry. Your leptin, which promotes satiety, is going to be lower. Meaning you're going to be more hungry and less likely to be full, and satisfied, which is a problem when you're in a calorie deficit. The second thing is that your cravings are going to go up. So when our body is sleep deprived, our body raises a cortisol hormone, which is your stress hormone, which is going to put our body into that fight or flight mode. And when we're in that mode, our body is going to crave quick glucose or sugar in order to compensate for the lack of rest and almost act as like a quick energy source. Now, unfortunately, that means that you're going to be craving more sugar, not chicken breast. 
And the final thing goes right back to that elevated cortisol level. So cortisol, it's supposed to go up and down. However, when it's elevated for a long period of time, it can cause issues. Specifically with body fat storage around the midsection in an in an attempt to protect your organs because your body is under high stress and your body is going to struggle to put on or maintain lean muscle because that requires a lot of energy. And when cortisol is elevated, our body wants to preserve energy for survival. Plus, when cortisol is elevated, it can actually cause our blood sugar to be elevated, which over time can be a bad thing when it comes to developing diabetes or different things like that. And when it comes to the blood sugar thing, there's actually one study that I find so fucking interesting. And it tested two groups of men. One group was told to sleep as much as they wanted to each night, while the other group was only allowed to do four hours a night. That group was called the sleep-deprived group. Now, both of these groups were made up of quote-unquote healthy individuals based on their blood sugar, so they weren't diabetic or anything like that. And after four days of sleep deprivation, group two, the one that only was allowed four hours of sleep, had blood sugar levels equivalent to that of a type 2 diabetic. That's fucking crazy. After only four nights of sleep deprivation. How many of you go throughout the entire week with sleep deprivation? So even if you think that sleep isn't impacting you too much, and you think, oh, sleep is for the week, I gotta grind, it has a much bigger impact on your results and your health than you think. Plus, if you're trying to work out and see results with your training, think about how terrible of a workout you get after a poor night of sleep. So you have to address that problem because caffeine isn't always the answer. It definitely helps, but it's more like putting a band-aid over the problem instead of actually addressing the problem. So like I said, Dara and I did an entire episode on how you can improve your quality of sleep. But the top four things that I would recommend right off the bat so that you guys can walk away with some action steps here, is make sure you have a consistent sleep schedule. That's the number one thing that's going to impact your quality of sleep. So going to bed and waking up around the same time every single day, even on the weekends, or being within 30 to 60 minutes. Because think about it. If you wake up way later on the weekend, you're literally putting your body into a state of jet lag. And that's why you feel like shit when you wake up on Mondays. The second thing is to create a relaxing bedtime ritual. And that's going to be different for every single person because what's relaxing to me might not be relaxing to you. So this could include reading, taking a warm bath, Epsom salt, doing some deep breathing or stretching or meditation, whatever is going to help you wind down. The third thing, and this is always a tough one for people, is limit the screen time before bed. So 30 to 45 minutes before bedtime, shut off your fucking phone, put it on do not disturb mode, put it on the charger in the bedroom, or invest in some good blue light blocking glasses and wear those, okay? Because I know it's not always realistic to be off your phone or be off your computer close to bed. I know for myself, it's really not realistic because of how much that I do throughout the day when it comes to work. And how all of my work is involved with blue screens. So I have blue light blocking glasses that really help with that. 
And then the last thing that you can do is make sure you set up your environment for good quality sleep. And that's two things, cold, dark, or cool and dark. You don't want it to be too cold. So this comes down from evolution. So when we were cavemen, we didn't have clocks. We didn't know what fucking time it was. But when the sun went down, it became dark and the temperature went down. Our body knew that it was time to sleep, so it started producing melatonin. Same thing happens now. However, when it gets dark outside, we're inside and we're able to control our temperature. So we're less likely to have melatonin produced the way that it used to. So instead, make sure dark room, make it cool, make it comfortable for you. And set your environment for good sleep. And the last piece to the recovery pillar. We've made it, guys. And we've made it to stress management. And this is the one that most people just like literally throw it on the floor and take a broom and sweep it underneath the bed because nobody actually thinks about it. All right. Well, I can't say that because there are people who really are doing a phenomenal job at managing stress. But in today's society, it's really hard to do that. So make sure that you schedule every single day something that brings joy to your life and allows you to unwind. Journaling, reading, breathing, meditation, something to empty out your stress bucket. Because we all have a stress bucket and we all throw a lot of shit into that stress bucket every single day. But if you're consistently emptying out that stress bucket, you're going to be okay. Because life comes with stress. It's kind of inevitable. However, most people don't take time to empty out that stress bucket so it overflows. And then they find themselves in chronic states of inflammation, which lead to disease or just lead to you not living a good quality life. And now with stress management, the most important and most powerful tool is perspective. You can't always control what's going to happen in your life, but you can always control how you view and respond to the things that happen in your life. One thing that I always recommend my clients do to start a stress management routine, it's super simple, but it makes a huge impact. And that's simply adding gratitude practice into your day. So the best way to do this is when you're laying in bed at night to go to sleep, in your mind, go through your day and think of the best part of your day. Or... Think of one thing that you're most grateful for. The more consistently that you do this, the more your brain is going to start to look for things to be grateful for throughout the day. So you'll have a much more positive perspective throughout your entire life. And the person who's more positive is going to be more successful. 100%. It's called the law of attraction. If you put positive energy out into the universe, you're going to get positive energy back in return. Unfortunately, the same thing goes for if you put negative energy out into the universe, you're going to get negative energy in return. So you get to control which one you have. You always can control your attitude, your effort, and your actions. So have a positive attitude, give your best effort to every day, and control actions and make sure that they align with your goals. So I know that was a lot. Because the recovery pillar is a big fucking pillar. And I say it all the time on my stories on Instagram. Recovery drives results. Okay? So, here are your action steps for this week. Pay attention 
to the quality of your nutrition and get your water intake closer to a gallon, adding in sodium through salting your food and adding in electrolytes if your nutrition is primarily whole foods. The second thing is sleep. Develop a nighttime routine. And then the third thing is stress management. So do one thing every day that's going to help you unwind or bring joy to your life. I recommend definitely starting out with that gratitude practice every day, every night. Be consistent with it. So that's week three for you guys. The third pillar, recovery. If you have any questions when it comes to this, or if you're not sure how you can start implementing these things into your life, shoot me an email, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I always am here to help you and I want to help you. So don't hesitate to reach out. But go out today and do one thing that's going to take you one step closer to where you want to be. And I will see you next week for week four of your sustainable fat loss journey.